I think some of those things that you're putting out there are making people think something's wrong with you. Uh, I had uh, many sources of inspiration. Uh, the most I think you can find in my childhood, but also in uh, the cultural history of my country, the poetries of my country, the literature of my country, not only of my country, but also of the European um, literature. And this all comes together to create uh, my films, especially um, Angels Melancholia. For me, the official censorship never was a problem because my films are underground stuff. Mm -hmm. And so uh, I think there are no problem for official censorship. Mm -hmm. Nobody of the official uh, censor board will ever see my films. I don't have an idea about what German people think about my films because uh, they are underground films mm -hmm. and I'm not so much into internet. I'm not uh, looking uh, about uh, reviews or something, so I don't have really an idea. Uh, with no doubt uh, I like uh, Angels Melancholia most because it's the deepest and the most complex, mm -hmm. but at the same time I regret that I made it for some reasons because uh, at a certain point during shooting I realized that I lost uh, control about what was happening but I did nothing to stop and uh, it was a hard time. Um, nobody will know me and my films but you will always find uh, some people um, interested in underground stuff and maybe they will know me. You borrow my brain for five seconds and just be like, dude, can't handle it. Welcome to Speak All Evil, the podcast you were warned about. I'm Trent here with Kevin and Dave. Hello. 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 Kevin is uh, still under quarantine with COVID. How are you feeling, Kevin? Terrible. Yeah. Yeah. Wouldn't, uh, well, there's a short list of people I might wish this on, but oh. it's, it's pretty short. That Now that's a podcast. <laughs> Where do we begin? <laughs> <laughs> now, what number of day is this? I thought you were like wrapping up your um, your quarantine. Aren't you close to ten days now? Yeah, that would be uh, after tomorrow. Um, I just I'm just not. I can't kick it. Yeah. Uh, I think I got a little bit of taste back today. A little bit of smell back, um, <sighs> which is honestly like almost weirder than having none. Right. So like, as I, for me anyway, like as it comes back a little bit, things aren't really like necessarily tasting or smelling. Uh, normal? I feel like I've really been cheated. This was my opportunity. We've had three weeks in the trilogy of filth of shit eating. <laughs> and you have no taste and no smell this entire time. It's not fair. I feel like the victim here, not you. Oh, we, I'll, I'll, I have some stories for this week. You'll be happy, Dave. Okay. I'm hoping that your bowels have The imagination uh, is still you. a very <laughs> powerful thing. Well, this week is the uh, third and final part of our trilogy. After this, we'll get back to Scream 7 <sighs> and, and whatever else, but we've been- My Little Pony and Care Bears. 
Before we get to, this is Dave's week. We've each had a week. I had a week. Kevin had last week. This is Dave's week to bring us some filth, uh, a rancid chalice of filth. But um, before we get to the first selection tonight, I just want to say I went into this trilogy with the worst of intentions. I really was just racing to the bottom, trying to see the most lowest common denominator stuff that we could see while Cat is on hiatus. But as it turns out, we have actually been through now um, 50 years of extreme outsider horror film. And we've seen something from each decade, from the 70s on, just by accident. We've been to five countries, three continents. We've seen like legendary cult classics. We've seen first time filmmakers. Tonight we're seeing an anonymous guy who doesn't even show his face on camera when he does interviews. We have seen, we've seen it all. I feel like we certainly haven't seen it all. I'm just kidding. But I feel like we've seen a lot more than I would have expected to when I was just, you know, being uh, lowest of the low. Trilogy of Filth just kind of like came about organically. We just started picking like Cat was away and we were like, all right, this is when we do the really disturbing stuff because she doesn't enjoy that stuff as much as we do. Um, and it just kept escalating. Like Trent kept talking shit. He kept talking his shit. And then I was researching all these movies like these two movies that I saw this week. They were my picks. I hadn't even seen them before. I had heard about them and hadn't ventured there before. Um, I was happy that I did. Um, I feel like uh, I've been to some outer limits of yes, horror. you have. And I'm proud of that. Yeah. Um, what I picked this week, um, my, my first pick is from uh, Japan. It's Guinea Pig 2, Flower of Flesh and Blood <laughs> from 1985. Uh, it's directed by Hideshi Hino. It's basically just a almost um, medically presented uh, cutting off all the limbs uh, and disemboweling a woman uh, that he has chloroformed in the park. Um, I think that this movie is uh, supposed to seem real. And the reason why I picked this is because there's like a, a backstory about... Charlie Sheen in the early 90s called the FBI because he watched this movie and thought he saw an actual snuff film, which anyone with basic like first aid knowledge would know that it's not real, um, which makes me think that he was just completely out of it. Uh, I don't well, know why someone weird. would think yeah. that. I know, but, um, but I, I think that this, this movie is like a flex of uh technique uh for 1985 the gore in this is so real it's all practical and it's very impressive there is no story to it really nope um it's just dismembering a beautiful young lady who is like high on this like ecstasy like drug so the the warm blood squirting over her body actually gives her pleasure uh, so she's not screaming. She's just kind of like out of it and in this drug trance the whole time. And he's just cutting her apart. That's the movie. Um, it's hard to 
uh, justify, but somehow uh, this movie to me pulls something off. I'm not sure what it is, but it pulls something off and it does look very good in a lot of a lot of scenes. And the, the guy who's doing the, the dismembering, he looks kind of like a Shogun samurai, like some sort of like yes. Wu-Tang, like yes. old school samurai. So uh, I, I like that part of it too. Well, out of the two movies that you picked this week, I like this one a whole lot more than the other. Wow. First and foremost, I was like, man, Dave gave me a 42-minute movie to watch. This is incredible. Well, I made the mistake of not checking the runtime of the second movie that you picked <laughs> until way after I watched <laughs> Guinea Pig. And I was like, ah, okay, par for the course. Dave's got to even everything out on the Dave scale. Uh, I agree with everything that you just said um, in terms of like, wow, for 1985, not just the gore. And I lost you guys for a minute there, so I'm not sure if you talked about like the sound design. But I think probably the simplicity of this, like you mentioned the two characters, uh, you have samurai and victim. They aren't even given names. Character, quote, yeah, in quotes, character. Yeah. For a, a, a minute there when this started, I thought it actually wasn't going to have any dialogue. And then it did. And <laughs> it's, it's a little laughable at times. It, it makes it actually a little less scary and sort of gross. Like there's one, one scene where he performs one particular like incision and he's like, and now her bowels start dancing wildly. <laughs> and I'm like, what the fuck? But the gore, the gore is good. I would say that probably like the most interesting part that I thought about the most uh, is what you talked about, Dave, is the fact that she's drugged. So there's no screaming which is really interesting for an extreme horror movie like this or yep. yeah. the things that you're watching on screen um, don't necessarily match up with what you traditionally would have seen in a horror movie when something like this is happening to somebody. And I really like couldn't figure out if the lack of screaming made it like confusing and like less impactful Um or if it was like really, really important because the sound design, like I said, is really good. And the screaming would have not allowed Hino to like flood your senses with the visual and, and the audio of what was happening rather than just listening to a victim screaming for 40 minutes. Um, so, I mean, overall, I think this, this does have artistic merit. I think it is worth something. I do like the ending and how it how it went to I love the Charlie Sheen shit it's debatable whether that's an urban legend or not um, and I also which we can get into in a little bit is the the real Japanese serial killer that authorities tried to tie this back into I actually thought that you would hate this movie Kevin I'm surprised that you gave this as warm uh, a reception as you did I had never seen this but this is one one of the top quote unquote movies that you read about when you're reading about extreme underground outsider horror you always hear about the guinea pig series there are six of these movies we're talking about the second one i actually have a theory about the charlie sheen thing that i want to share at the beginning of this movie the voiceover which is subtitled if you watch this on f.movies.com it, it, it says that this is a recreation of a tape and, and pictures that we were sent. 
So it presents, this movie is not presented as being real. It's presented as, it says we were sent this eight millimeter um, film footage and these pictures and a letter from someone who alleges that it's real and they did this stuff. And this is a recreation of what we were sent. So they say recreation yes. or an edit. No, it, it says this is a recreation by, and it names the filmmaker Hideshi Habino. You know, yeah. it, it does. It says that in the beginning. So there's no way you could think that it was real. Uh, I mean, maybe you could, but my theory is that what, what Charlie Sheen was reporting, I think, is that there is a real tape and these guys have it or somebody has this real tape. I think that he wasn't thinking that this, which would be, <laughs> it's, we, we're watching it right now. To think that this is real, I mean, granted, it is great. Um, practical effects. It is really, really gross. Um, but I don't think that that Charlie Sheen thought this was real. I think he was just saying, "Guy, that there might be actually a real version of this that they're supposedly recreating from that." I think he was nice. on the drugs that the girl is on when he was watching it, and was like, "Dude, that shit's real." Uh, I, I yeah. think he thought it was real. I think he thought this was real. He reported this as a snuff film. I, well, that's the lore. That just I'm just my theory would be that he just thought that they really did have a tape of this. Um, Which who, who knows? I mean, can I interject real quick, please? One thing that uh, is good to know about a lot of these films that we've talked about in the trilogy of filth is people have to go to court and they have to recreate the practical effects in front of a judge sometimes because yes. it looks so real that. They have to prove that it wasn't real. I think that's really cool. That both, we haven't really yeah, touched on that. Both of your picks have had litigation where they had to prove the first guinea pig movie. There was a court case where they had to demonstrate that yes, this was all fake. And I, and I watched that one just because I thought like I'm probably not going to get back to the guinea pig series anytime <laughs> soon. So while yeah. we're on it, I did watch the original as well, which is not nearly as disgusting as this, but is quite brutal of course and uh maybe a little more realistic because this is almost like the evil dead 2 uh, of the first two like it's just so over the top with with the limbs and the entrails and um i really you mentioned again the drug thing i really liked that because one of the things that gets annoying about some of these like more uh extreme movies is all the screaming you have to listen to and you're trying to watch this and like there's so much screaming i i almost um picked this movie called the butcher from North Korea, from like the mid aughts, which is absolutely like one of the most disgusting things I've ever seen. But there's so much screaming in it. It's like an hour and a half of this, like just nonstop. It's it's like too obnoxious. So I liked this idea that in this movie, the victim has been given this drug that not only she can't feel pain, but she actually, as the narrator explains, she's actually feeling great ecstasy as all of this is happening, as gradually all of her limbs and eventually her, uh, her entire gut is, uh, is removed, her eyeballs, and uh, not, you know, spoiler alert, her head. It's very surgical, though. It is. You know, the one thing, my, my last thing on this is the thing that this reminded me most of, and I do think this benefits from a second viewing, by the way, um, I, not that it's hard to follow. The thing that this really reminded me of is, do you guys remember... Like in the 80s and 90s, if you had like basic cable, there was like a surgery channel. Yeah. You remember that? <laughs> yeah, yeah. And I would always be flipping around and I like you'd be like, oh, the, the surgery channel. I'd be like, oh my God, they're taking out somebody's kid. You're like, this is, ah. Oh. I'd sometimes linger around. Like, I can't watch this. Um, that's what guinea pig two is. Basically, you're, you're watching it the surgery real. channel. It looks yeah. real. Yeah. 
Do you guys like the hand scene that like almost turned into like a face hugger thing? That was, I thought that that was the most realistic thing mm. when the first hand is severed here. Yeah. Uh, it, it goes into the death grip and it grips the, it, like all the fingers uh, <laughs> contract and it, the guy has to one by one peel the fingers of the severed yeah, hand. very off. alien. <laughs> I liked that, yeah. I like that he was a samurai too with no explanation why. Well, I think he just dressed up as one. Yeah, he's got like he's got the helmet, the samurai helmet, uh, and th- this is um, based on. Uh, I guess this is this was initially based on a whole. Um, it was a manga, yeah, series, a graphic novel that Hino himself did. Which it seems like it would be even more boring on the page, but um, I don't know. I don't know much about manga. I don't either. I'm pretty sure that it's just don't. Um, give me, send me hate comments or whatever if I'm wrong. I'm pretty sure it's just the Japanese term for graphic novels. Oh, right. Yeah, that makes sense. Right. Well, I like I like violent graphic novels. Um, to be honest, this movie runs what's like 41 minutes. Yeah, it's yeah, there's not minutes. much to talk about. There's no there's no deeper meaning. No, uh, it's just a girl getting dismembered. Uh, very surgically, and it's like we say, it's quiet and serene, and any moments uh, of any emotion is her being happy that she's being uh, severed. Well, it's like you said, it's it's a special effects artist stunting, as they say. It's just like masterclass, really, for 1985. I would say it's a yeah, masterclass. and and I actually think I I spotted an influence from this movie. I don't know if you guys remember the first video for the song "Mother" by Danzig. That mm-hmm. got banned from MTV. Everybody knows no. that song from when it became a hit, when it was on the Danzig Live album later on, and there was a live video. That's when Mother became a hit. But there was actually an original video put out in '88 when that Danzig record came out. The original video for Mother featured a scene in which Glenn Danzig uh, pulls apart a chicken over the body of a, of a woman, and he rips the chicken apart, and the blood falls on the woman's body. And it got pulled from MTV pretty quickly. But that exact scene happens. The first thing that happens in this movie is the guy cuts the chicken's head off and then like uh, dangles it over the victim. And I thought that maybe Glenn Danzig, because that was 88, this is 85. I thought there's a pretty good chance that a guy like Glenn Danzig might have actually seen this and that might have influenced the original Mother video. We definitely have a lot of animal stuff this week. Um and it gets to very small animals and very small creatures. Um, but in this, the, the chicken is like the least of our worries this week. Indeed. And, that, you know, as, as a butcher uh, watching this movie, you were talking about the sound design. It is very good in parts. There's some very good, like, sawing sound effects and stuff. Mm. But as a butcher, like, or, or even a chef, if you've ever split, like, a, a chicken breast... <laughs> You know what I mean? The, the bone-in chicken breast. There's parts in this that uh, you, you, you're kind of like, I think we'd have a little bit more bone to deal with in this situation because he's cutting off arms and like giant mm. thighs. Yeah. Like, you know. But this movie, uh, even though it was so grotesque, it was so over the top, I think in the trilogy of filth, it kind of falls in... Uh, the lighter fare with like uh, the girl next door uh, and the fact that there was no poop, there was no pee. Nope. They didn't cut out uh, her vagina. Nope. 
Um, you know, I mean, he he did cut out her entire abdomen though, and lift it all up. But, I was impressed when he lift up all the entrails, the entirety of the entrails. He lifted it all up with both hands at once, and then dropped it back down in the body. Yeah, that's that's respectable. I mean, compared to what we're going to be talking about next, he also saved the eyes for last ah. and sucked on one. Ah, mm. great eyeball scene. He spoons the eyeball right out. And uh, yeah, goes right into the old mouth, chewing on it. The only poetic part of this is that he's always talking about uh, the gore, like before it happens, uh, in this poetic way. Yeah, uh, there's, yeah. there's a, the flower connection, the, ro- the the blooming of the 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 blood, the is blooming like- of the flowers <laughs> in Tokyo, <laughs> and uh, yes, I'm going to show you the ideal of beauty. Yeah, that's the only that's the only commentary we have at all to go with this movie is that he talks about it as being like flowers. Did you guys read it all about the actual serial killer in Japan that they tied this to? Uh, I did just I just saw that there was an actual case where he the the guy had copies of some of these guinea pig movies and he he copycatted some of the murders, right? I mean, it's it's loose. It's a it was a guy named Satomo Miyazaki, and he was dubbed the Otaku Murderer. So he killed four young girls in Tokyo between August ninety eight and June eighty nine, and he was caught, convicted, and hanged in two thousand and eight. And they tried to tie it back to Hino and Guinea Pig two, but what came out is that it was Guinea Pig four, was the movie that he allegedly had in his collection. And that could have had given him some of his ideas for what he did uh, in his four murders. Well, I would say there was one kind of like appetizing moment in this that I thought was a little bit of a break from some of the gore. When he cuts off the first leg and he cuts it off like right above the knee and uh, he's got the the severed leg and he kind of holds it up and you see the top of it. It kind of looks like a like a spiral honey ham for a minute, and right. like I could imagine like a, a pineapple slice right on the top of it. You'd be <laughs> like, "Oh, this is a Easter here." It is strange that this is one of the less obtrusive to your soul uh, entries of the of the trilogy of filth. I would call, and I have some superlatives I want to I want to do at the end of this episode for for the trilogy. But I, I would say that this one, Guinea Pig Two. Is the biggest hype one that we saw the most undeserved I hype? I agree. Kevin, would you would you agree with Guinea Pig Two being the the biggest hype number that we saw? Like overhyped, you mean? Yeah, yeah, I think so. I would say the girl next door would be maybe like just above it. Yeah, I think the girl um, next door was. But was, I mean, I think the yeah. girl next door has some, um, you know, just some parental and like just the the child aspect of it and stuff. Yeah. Yes. Makes it a little more impactful. Yeah. I think Dave I, yeah. hit it. One, one of you said it. Like, it's surgical. It's clinical. Yeah. That, yeah. That, yeah. It you, it doesn't hurt your soul somehow as, as much as some of the other ones. Well, The Girl Next Door no, it's is- it's actually kind of entertaining. The Girl Next Door is very <laughs> disturbing, but if you watch tons of horror movies, like we have watched, I mean, it's not more disturbing than like Martyrs or Antichrist necessarily, but- it doesn't. It, it will. It will end up on the lists sometimes of the most disturbing. But I feel like Guinea Pig's status as legendary is not really quite deserved. It's interesting. It's funny. It's pretty gross. It's great special effects. But 
Um, I don't. I don't think any of us like watched Guinea Pig two and were like, "Oh man, yeah." Well, I think one of the things that we haven't talked about is that when we're doing like the most disturbing horror movies, it's almost like wow, we had a side conversation about you know how could we do a best of twenty twenty one when we covered most of them. If you go back and look at some of the movies we've already covered, yeah, like Tokyo Gore Police, exactly. You know, some of these things like they're actually. We've sort of taken things off the list. We have forgotten a lot of stuff that we've seen. So when you really compare some of these to many of the movies that we've talked about, that was my actually one of my main takeaways from the trilogy of filth is that there's no most disturbing. And and the and the further you chase the dragon, and the more you get into, and the more outsider and the more underground you get, you could have like a whole separate podcast that would be just the quote unquote most disturbing like it never really ends and it's hard to say what's more disturbing than than what i i think these are certainly for the most part among the most disturbing but it's not that black and white no it's all relative i think the longer you chase the dragon like you said trent you're just at risk of one getting dumber (laughs) watching a lot of bad movies (laughs) and wasting a whole bunch of time where you could be watching some actual art yeah. I t- so yeah, moving on yeah. to our next film where I feel like that's what I did. <laughs> I'll speak. Dude, the next film <laughs> fucked me up. I, I went to see Licorice Pizza the other day and I was like, I felt like I'm so desensitized. I was like, I don't know. Nobody got killed. Nothing crazy happened. There was nothing like super fucked up that made me question my life. I don't know about this movie. <laughs> I'm telling you, it was dirty. Shit won't even airplay onto my TV from f.movies.com. I have to like watch it on my computer like a weirdo. The second film I picked is a movie uh, from Germany called Melancholy Der Engel, or The Angel's Melancholy, uh, directed by Marian Dora. It's about casual, extreme nihilism, rape, and shit eating uh, on a double date. And also like a coming-of-age story of Katsi. Uh, and this is all presented like a two-hour and 40-minute Deep Thoughts by Jack Handy <laughs> <laughs> or the intro to Donovan's Atlantis. It was equal parts like Giallo kind of cinematography and then also kind of like Days of Our Lives. Yes, yes. Um, is it art or is it torture porn? I, I have no idea like what I watched. Uh, it's disturbing on a whole other level because uh, this this Mari and Dora is this weird guy who like anytime he has an opportunity to uh, film a small creature and kill it, he does. Hmm. Which adds like a weird level to the other things and the, the just the whole death in general, uh, you feel like he has like a weird obsession with death uh, watching this. Um, the main dude looks like the guy from Last House on the Left. Krug. Yes, yeah. Krug is and, back. And, 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 and mixed with like Jesus. Um, yes. Heinrich, was that the guy who looks like uh, an elderly Christopher Lee? 
Yes. Uh, oh, the artist. Yeah, yeah. Artist, yeah. and he's all these other things, and they're shooting heroin, and they're they're doing coke, and they're doing all this stuff. You don't know why. Originally, these people are at a nightclub. They're just getting drinks and they're having fun. And then these girls go back with them. Uh, and then from there, uh, you get the feeling that this guy's got this weird, weird uh, fetish, death, nihilistic, hang-up, cult kind of vibe. Um, and uh, they just spend, like uh, it seems like, maybe three or four days just doing these really depraved things with no kind of rhyme or reason to why it's happening. Although there's some, there's some poetry sprinkled through. Um, it's the part that I was saying, like, is like deep thoughts or like uh, Atlantis by Donovan, uh, because it's just a spoken word over like this weird cheap music it's like this very cheap music it almost reminds me of the soundtrack to titanic over uh you know just people peeing there's penises coming there's Mm. ass eating there's colostomy bags is the grossest Uh, shit ever it's it's hard to keep track of what's in this yeah it goes so far it's so long but i feel like the the length of the movie has something to do with why it's disturbing because uh, you have a feeling this Marion Dora guy thinks of himself as some sort of like Francis Ford Coppola kind of guy and he's doing this high-minded thing in a weird way but then also it's the most depraved you've ever seen and it's all like kind of like soap opera-y like this like foggy I don't know, like soap opera dream. Uh, it's very weird. It's very disturbing, and it's a whole other level. Um, I don't even know how to describe it. Um, it's almost because they missed the mark so far that uh, even that part of it makes it a really disturbing horror movie. Uh, but then you add in the piss and the cum and the shit and the blood and all that. And it's the total next level uh, with the soundtrack. I think the soundtrack is completely essential to this. There's, it's a German movie. There's a lot of English-speaking soundtrack. It's all about like peace and love and all this stuff. And he's always uh, the, the the main character. Uh, it's not Katzi. No, I think it's Katzi. Katzi's the bald guy. It's right? Katzi. Right, right. He's this the main Katz. This the main is very cat. much a coming of age story for him, <laughs> because I mean, there's the the graduation music that plays often through the soundtrack toward the end, when he'll just be like peeing on that other woman. Uh, I don't even know what the fuck is going on. I'm so confused. This it's, movie's fucked it's up. Very confusing. It made me feel so weird. <laughs> Uh, decapitating slugs uh, while their antennas are erect and all this weird shit. Like, I don't even know what the fuck I watched. I'm glad this is the last installment of the trilogy of filth. I've had enough. Capper. This yeah. movie was too much. Um, <laughs> what did you think, Trent? <sighs> I don't know where to begin, but I really, I applaud this pick. This this one is is a kind of a legendary thing. Actually, after I watched this the first time, 
And I sat through this movie all three hours. I watched this one twice. Twice? Two nights in a row. I watched it on New yeah. Year's Eve. I rang in my New Year at exactly midnight wow. with a colostomy bag scene. And then uh, I, I watched it again the second uh, on New Year's Day because I was like, man, I don't even know what I... I could not watch it twice. Oh, man. Um, I, I felt like I had to. Um, first of all, oh, th- well, th- this I would say as far as plot, this is like the worst after party of all time. We've seen stuff like Shaitan. It reminded me of Shaitan. There's a lot of you movies where after party. you shouldn't have left the bar, even um, Victoria. You shouldn't have left the bar with the guys from the bar and tried to take the party any further. You should have just gone home after last <laughs> call. This is like the worst gig you ever had. Um, Marion Dora is an alias or a pseudonym. That's actually not the guy's name. He is a, an anonymous German filmmaker. There is, um, you know, lore has it that he's a doctor or something. He's so anonymous that when you watch interviews on YouTube, which you can do, he has his face blurred in every interview. Literally nobody knows who this guy is. And he's made some other movies. I actually enjoyed um, Voyage to a Goddess or Voyage to a Gaddis more than this one. It's like a leaner version of this. This just made me feel like I was on the outer reaches. You're, you're blocking pop-ups from effedupmovies.com <laughs> the whole time. I'm like deathly afraid that I'm going to hit um, when I, because I always like stream to my TV with a Chromecast. The past three weeks, my worst nightmare is that I'm going to hit the 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 cast from my neighbors. Send it to your neighbors. <laughs> I, I, and I almost did with this because I was so worried about not doing it that at one point I actually did when I was watching this, I hit the neighbor's um, cast and I was like, oh my God. Uh, <laughs> it's so far out. You mentioned Coppola. I thought that this was basically the German Scharthouse apocalypse now. <laughs> what this movie is. Yeah. It just is so... Uh, what did you call it? German Scharthouse apocalypse <laughs> now. German <laughs> there's, uh, there's more dick in this movie. Oh, my God. At the God. very, very end, it really like so ramps up. Dick. And there's more dick and cum. <laughs> real cum, I think. Cum. I, I think it's real cum. It was real cum. Pee. I think it was real cum, real pee. Real buttholes. Yeah, you can listen to um, you can listen to the filmmaker talk about the 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 shoot, and he says that it was like the worst thing. It's his favorite movie he's done, but the worst experience he's ever had. He's doing all these scenes that can only be done one time. Um, there there is so much in this, Kevin. I was thinking that this would be your breaking point when I was watching this. I thought <laughs> Kevin is not going to watch this two times. First of all, and he might be mad when he comes in. To the episode this watched week, it was just once. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, this was one of the least enjoyable movie watching experiences of my life. <laughs> Me too, but I kind of loved it. I did not. Uh, first and foremost, you gave me a two-hour and forty-eight minute movie to watch. It's three hours. Just call it three. With some of the worst acting I've ever seen. The one of the worst scores. If they kept hammering oh. on that, no, the score shit, is everything, Kevin. The score is everything. No, it's not. It's everything. The organ stuff, like, and to go back to what I talked about in Guinea Pig, where I was like very like intrigued about the lack of screaming. The screaming in this movie was just like, first and foremost, Marion Dor can go fuck himself. He can <laughs> figure out if he wants to give you. 
eight minutes of like quick clips of like squishing frogs' heads and yeah. close-ups of various people, and then give you another eight-minute clip of like someone walking to a church with the most aggravating music of all time. <laughs> I mean, and then true. occasionally he'll give you somebody all of a sudden just pissing all over somebody else. <laughs> with the worst music them. of all time playing and it's like, behind it. Oh, this is art. This is the cinema. The, the cinema. cinema. It's it's like a Tim and Eric sketch. Like it's For like this, hours, it's like a new level a of disturbing. And three hours are very, very different time commitments, Dave. I, I know, I know. And I understand. Also, I had like, to make my way through this too. Characters, I love it how you got like Brat was like the Jesus looking guy. Mm-hmm. You forgot to describe Katze, who was like the main character. Yeah. And he looked like he was like trying out for like a biopic movie on the band Disturbed. You mean like, biopic? Like, well, that's, the, the that's the guy that I was saying was like the guy from uh, Last House on the Left. No, no, that that's was, crew. I thought that was Heinrich. No, oh, that's crew. No, Wait. no, no. The guy from Last House on the Left was the dark-haired Jesus guy. He looks like Krug. Yeah, Brat. Right, Brat. Right. But you're talking you know about the about bald guy. Trend? Did you read about how um, David Hess, who played Krug, yeah, in Last House on the Left, he on his IMDb page is listed as doing some of the music on this. <gasps> no. And I found some articles that talked about that. No. But he's not listed on the IMDb page for Melancholy Der Engel. Huh. Wow, deep cuts, bro. Interesting. Deep cuts. Yeah, I thought you'd like that. And I, I, I thought it was that. and I had that note and then but I never put together that Brat looked kind of like him. Um that dude by the way that That's plays Brat was a porn star. Oh, uh, well, that makes sense. But you were talking about cats. The 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 sort of narrator is the bald guy. Yeah, with his friggin' chin hair. Oh my god, the most disturbing thing in the whole movie, and I'm including when the womb gets cut out, the most disturbing thing and the baby gets decapitated. Um worse than all of that is the the ginger soul patch. The <laughs> yes. curled the curled yes. ginger Yes, it's true. But I mean, again, like you guys are talking about how it didn't make any sense. Like none. The the two girls that they meet, this is not a double date. They just run into them at a carnival. They're 16 years old. These two guys are getting together because they did something really messed up in the past. And now Katzi feels like he has not that much time left to live. And he has to revisit all these dark things he did with Brat. They convince these two girls to come with them. They run into, uh, I think it's Anja or Anya, yeah. another old friend. And then, like Dave said, Heinrich shows up, the old guy, yeah. and with Clarissa oh, in a wheelchair. And with a, a wheelchair, bag. yeah. yeah. And then just like three days of debauchery with no explanation. Here's the thing. Like the dialogue, forget about the pacing, the length, and the acting. The dialogue is so bad. They, they'll, they'll follow up like really good lines like there's one line um i think it's brought that says it but he says uh one only needs the mantle of virtue not virtue itself yes and i was like wow that's really deep and yeah. then it's followed up by like dialogue like you're reading a middle school goth kids <laughs> diary <laughs> that's good and and then like a close-up of a newt getting its head crushed 
Yeah. For no reason. Like, it's 2009. Like, we should but, mention this is 2009. This is 2009. This isn't we like, have, yeah. But you have you know, to give huge props to this cinematography. Cannibal Holocaust. Like, the shit they did to animals in this is not cool. It wasn't necessary. They had some decent practical effects in the filth scenes that yeah. they could have applied to animals instead of just slaughtering animals well, and things. Um, I found this to be, one, probably neck and neck with Atros for the, mm. the, the filthiest of, of the three weeks. Nah, I think nah, I, I think it's even more so. Oh, um, wow. But I, I found it to be, all the reviews you read say, uh, some people are like, this is art, and some people are like, this is just absolute trash. I found this to be complete trash. <laughs> I think it's complete trash, too. But I think I it's, so, it's so far complete trash that it's um, kind of amazing. And you have somebody who was ambitious. You cannot say this movie's not ambitious with what, what he did. But like the you know, the part we're watching right now is the pig slaughter, which pig Probably slaughters real. I mean, happen that's... like five billion pig slaughters every yeah. second. Yeah, we eat that all the time. To have bacon. Yeah. So it's not a huge deal, but to see it is quite, you know, uh, jarring. But they have that cut back and forth between a rape scene yes. where like you can't even tell sometimes if you're looking at the pig or if yes. you're looking at the girl's body oh my god yeah it's like very disturbing because yes. of that because of how the cinematography I, of the editing is i thought he was raping a pig right. the first time i was like right. this is like a reverse deliverance like what's going on and then i was just the editing that other movie uh after um on movies.com the taxidermia there's a pig rape in that movie, I'll put that right on my list. Yeah, you don't you don't get too many pig rapes, uh, but well, speaking of editing, uh, Dora filmed the whole thing and edited the entire thing himself. Yeah, you can't it's tell if this show. is from like nineteen sixties or now. Yeah, like there's yeah. no way to tell. Like, it's not necessarily a good thing. <laughs> yeah, that's true. Uh, like some of this stuff like looks very good. This and other stuff good right here. I, look at all those pixels, dude. It's good because well, she's, also, this is YouTube. She's masturbating. This is the light part. But oh anyway, God. there's there's some parts that are, I feel like are very high quality and very like wow, that's like great cinematography. And then there's other parts that are like that is trash. <laughs> and it's and it's just you, you get the feeling of a filmmaker making a movie. Uh, that you don't always get with other movies. It's so amateur that you kind of you see a little break in the fourth wall in the places where it under delivers. You know what I mean? It, it's outsider art. This is a totally underground, anonymous, um, not a professional filmmaker who has at least, if nothing else, has gone far enough with what he's doing that people like us know about it. And and that's like a feat in itself. So I, I do think there is certainly artistic merit to this. It is it is very tough. It's somewhat impenetrable. But again, I think if you compare this to a lot of stuff we've seen, I think if it wasn't almost three hours, if it was a little bit leaner, like um, Voyage to a Goddess is, I think we might have a different view. The only animal part that I questioned in this, and I looked into it a little bit, but the cat, mm. the cat, yeah. like like it's one thing to do a rabbit or do a pig that they got from a farm. The cat scene looked real to me mm -hmm. 
I thought that was a real cat. Definitely real. Uh, well, supposedly the internet says that he at one point Dora proved that it was fake that the cat wasn't real, but I don't know if I believe that. I think oh. that might be a lie. The the pets of all shape and size get it in this one. <laughs> all pets get it. Crickets get it. <laughs> Mari and Dora has a certain uh, like bar that if you're not of this species and you're any below this, you are going to die for my movie. And that and he's totally willing to go there. I think that's part of the point of this is it's kind of putting humans on the same level as just like another animal. You know, it's very like nihilistic like that. That whole there's a whole scene where the two main characters are they're saying that nobody will miss them when they're dead. They don't care about death because life is meaningless and they're bad and nobody will even care when they die. And then later on, you find out that cats is like terminally ill or something. He's trying to have right. like one last hurrah. Like you yeah. might, might yeah. want to spend some time with your family. He wants to kill some people. Heinrich, when he shows up, it's like confusing. You know, like you don't know what their past is. You don't know what like Clarissa is doing there with the wheelchair and the colostomy bag, which by oh. the way, she was one of the yes. prolific screamers that really ruined or <laughs> even further ruined the movie. But like when they decide to, Give it to Heinrich. Hmm. Holy crap, oh, dude. God. Like, dude, the, the it's scene. like, let's do this thing together. And then they're just like peacefully in a canoe. Oh. And then they just give it to him. I couldn't believe it. Gut him. Oh. Drag him. Burn him. Oh, my like, God. Beat him. It's just like, holy crap. They let him crawl like all around the beach with his guts hanging out three feet behind him. And then. He's on the fire, and the guts go in his mouth. Oh, my God. Kevin, that colostomy bag scene reminded me a lot of uh, <laughs> you and I at that, that party in high school. You remember the time when you uh, ripped out my colostomy bag and fingered the hole <laughs> that was left behind and then fed me the shit? That was a walk in the park. That was wild. Memory Compared memory to uh, the scene where Katza decides that he's going to poop on somebody. Uh, another criticism, I was going to say my only criticism, but we, there's lots of criticisms of this movie and I can't tell if it like makes it better for like the purpose that it serves in this world. But, uh, there's like so many close-ups. at some point it's like nauseating mm. because everyone's face is like way close up and everyone's, and you, it's hard to tell what's going on because they cut from like someone's eyes to like someone else's neck or like whatever and like it's just this weird editing and this r really weird like really close up but the amateur feel to this movie definitely makes it hurt way more it's another criticism i have is it's um there are some scenes like that dave you talk about where it's like pick how you're going to edit it and then because some scenes are like that like it's very choppy and you're like what the hell is going on who is that what is that Mm. And then there's some scenes where it's just like blatant, like vagina peeing on somebody, mm. right? Like still shot, like nothing artistic about it. It's like I've decided well, to pause here and give you three full I mean, seconds of somebody peeing on somebody. <laughs> this movie does manage to just create a mood that no other movie has, and Mari and yep. Dora's whole vibe. I, I think that he really nailed it on this movie. I don't think that Voyage to a Gaddis 
uh, hits the same levels that this does. No, no. Um, this is his. Was that another one of his? Yeah, yeah, that's the more accessible, less than ninety minutes one. It's the same exact thing, but it it's only not takes the same like eighty minutes thing at all. Well, at it's, all, it's pretty close. Um, I like I like the drug element in this, although the whole time you're wondering why these girls are staying here. Why are they at the, even at this party? It's not even that fun. Yeah, it's very dark and well, weird. There were a lot of drugs. And Every day they wake up at this place and they're still there. <laughs> it's just like, happens. why are you still there? What are you doing? Like the girl in the wheelchair, uh, Clarissa, really gets. She comes out of nowhere just to be abused. That's yes. the, that's the part where you're just like, this movie has no merit, it because they just introduced the girl. Uh, they don't really explain where she's from or why she's, she's just, there. Right, she's just with Heinrich or whatever. She yeah. just shows up Dora, and they just abuse her. Dora and the and the and the co-writer just saying. We need a colostomy bag. That's right. true. We have to get grosser. It might have been real. And by the way, do you know the, the co-writer? Do you know who he was? No. The guy that played Katza. Oh, okay. That makes sense. Well, he got the starring role. That makes uh, sense. That's the same thing with like Atroz. Like it makes yeah. you grosser. Yeah. These people are gross. Like I think the horror movie, when you watch these movies, the horror movie is the per- the mind that came up with these ideas that's the horror movie. That's what we're scared of when we watch these movies. Like, who came up with this shit and who thought that this was... I don't agree because the next question would be, who would watch it? Fuck, that's us. <laughs> During the holidays. Yeah, but it's make-believe. I, I think what's scarier than this is like... I think, you know, this is all... Everything that we see is make-believe. It's not real. You know it's not real. I think it's scarier when people like obsess over the true crime stuff i think that's more morbid and treat that like it's fake when it's not when it's very very real and you treat that like a movie i think that is more morbid than what um what dora is doing here this movie is so confusing in terms of where characters are at certain times and where they're going and how they get back together like it's so poorly shot and edited together and there's no story, no character development. Like at certain times, like three or four of them are together and then it'll cut to a different scene and like two of them are still together, but two of them aren't. And one's over here. Like it's so poorly put together in terms of like who is doing what together. And you said it already, Dave, and I mentioned it like the the editing and like, okay, let's show us some filth or show us like some action. And it's like, Yep, focus on this person. And is that this person or that person? Like, it's it, this is one of the worst movies I've ever watched, and I say that in <laughs> in a in a filth way, and just like literally, this is one of the most like poorly put together movies. Oh, I've ever you, watched. That's you harsh. can tell that someone spent so many hours uh, working on this movie. Yeah, it was a three week shoot, and I'm sure it was much much longer to edit. I think there there are some scenes like. You know, the, the colostomy bag scene is very like Texas Chainsaw Massacre, especially with a wheelchair. It gets very gritty in the way that it, it's edited. Like, you're right, Kevin. It just it swings back and forth through so many different styles. That's one of the like things that's kind of like discombobulating about it because you have stuff like the wheelchair scene. Oh, my God. Uh, that's, you know, reminds me of TCM. But then you have, you know, the next scene will be like a weird soap opera Jack Handy with a cricket. 
And so it just it just keeps you so off balance. But I think that that maybe was part of the idea. I think these are just movies for him to masturbate to, and we're watching it. <laughs> uh, I don't think that. I don't think that. Um, so you think uh, of the trilogy of filth that Atroz is the the crowned? To me, I I would vote the 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 chalice of rancid filth goes to Atroz for me. Kevin, you have a vote on that? I'm gonna put. Uh... Melancholy and Atroz, like neck and neck. Okay, yeah, tie. It's a me photo too. finish. Okay, tie. Well, one thing I don't, I try to avoid with these movies and this whole trilogy is like just outlining every sick thing that happens because it's too much. And if you want to watch it, you can watch it. But the, the kind of ultimate atrocity, so to speak, in this movie really is so far out of the realm that that was when i really felt changed well, and what what point is that? well the womb scene for one i guess there's two <laughs> yeah uh in the field there and and the way that like i thought something even more gross would happen but just like the casual discarding that happens you know and he's yep. like oh i was like oh my god that's worse than like i thought somebody was going to eat it or do something but the casual discarding was like that was when i was like damn this I felt like Kevin watching The Death King. I was like, this is changing me right now. I think that out of all these movies, my vote for like the best one, the most legit one, I think would be The Death King. Kevin, you have a vote on the, like, what is the best one if you're just kind of judging on cinematic merit? Yeah, I think, I think that, would, that would have to be the one. The most high-minded, but it's still... Uh... It was just high-minded. It wasn't. It wasn't also cheap. There was also a cheap effect to the rest of the movies that, yeah, uh, added to it, added to the filth. I think way, the fact that you know he stumbled across that bridge, and then had the idea to have that very real segment, yeah, um, push that one up. It's, it, it probably yeah. could still be the most high-minded without that, but I think that that sort of like pushed it over the top. It's it's low budget, but it's not sleaze, I don't think, as much right. as some of these other ones. It just is low budget. I think that the biggest box check that we've now completed would be Solo. Yes, that's a, that's a big one. Solo is the most legendary, I think, of all of them that I hadn't seen, Kevin hadn't seen. I guess you had seen it before, Dave. It was it was really too much. This yeah. this whole trilogy thing. Watching these six movies, if anyone like listens <laughs> long, like don't don't do this. No, it's like not I, a great thing to do all at once. No. Every once in a while, that like watch one of these extreme movies. But um, <laughs> and I do like them when they're done really well. And oh my god, melancholy is so disturbing. I think it's worthwhile. I think that all of the movies that we saw are worthwhile if you are approaching it as I do, which is like, I just want to familiarize myself with the entire breadth of, of horror film. I like mainstream. I like outsider. Um, I like all of it. Um, if you do, if you're curious about angels, melancholy, I would actually, I would recommend just watch voyage to a goddess. I know it's not the, the tour de force of this, this so different. not the apocalypse now, but I think that you should watch that first. It's only like 80 minutes. Um, Voyage to a Goddess will at least let you know if you care to go further. And if you see that and you still want to go further, then go go nuts. Kevin, you're going to be watching uh, any more Marian Dora Any, any interest in uh, Voyage to a Goddess? No, I'm going to head towards um, like Moana. 
You hate this filmmaker, Frozen. don't you? You hate him. <laughs> I knew you. I what? You hate Marion Dora. Uh, yeah, I, I I hated this movie. <laughs> I knew. I was like, Kevin's going to hate think, this so much. <laughs> I, I'm, I'm in the camp that it's uh, total trash. There's nothing artistic about it. One hundred percent over himself the entire oh, time, literally and figuratively. Let us know, hey, if anybody watches any of these movies, which I would hope somebody might be interested. Um, I would love to hear what people think about any of these movies, and that goes for anything that we talk about. You can always hit us up. Um, not that hard to find, and uh, always eager to hear reviews. And that is the end of the trilogy of filth, guys. Great job yeah, through. Good work, everybody. We ate shit for three weeks in a row. <laughs> I didn't know we were going to eat shit every week. I thought it'd be like we watch Solo, it'd be over. Every week, week after week, mouthfuls, spoonfuls, ladles full of 